Dr. Perlman. Hi, Maya. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. And by here, I mean my bedroom, <laughs> the bottom of my, my bed. <laughs> um, how are you? I'm great. It's so nice to be here with you, too. We were chatting a moment ago. I'm taking this brief mat leave um, with my new puppy. So I'm in my home office, and uh, it's amazing how much we can do when we have to from anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, that's very, very true. And I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you about International Women's Day um, this year on 8th of March. And um, we were chatting briefly when we saw each other last week about this idea that this International Women's Day feels very different um, than the ones of years past. So I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Um, how are you seeing that it's different from your perspective? Well, I think if we if we flash back to um, 2020 and this time a year ago, who would have thought that in just one year, women internationally could have lost so much? So many of the gains that we women have made over the past many decades in society, in the workplace, you know, um, in our careers, and the world being so changed in mm -hmm. just one year. But one thing, um, seeing women on a regular basis actually right through this global pandemic, um, both virtually and in person, um, dealing with health, hormones, vitality, and beauty. One thing that is a very common theme that um, as a woman living through this myself, um, both as a doctor, but also as a, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, is that we all are saying we've aged three years, five years over the span of the last one. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is not just a saying. Those are not just words. That to me is a real phenomenon that is occurring, has occurred, does occur when women are pressured with chronic stress. Mm -hmm. So we think about, you know, the chronic stress of living through this pandemic, but particularly as women and particularly for women who are in a certain stage of their life and maybe already were just barely scraping by. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what chronic stress does to women physiologically, biologically, in terms of aging them is really profound. And it is something I think a lot about more than ever is sharing the science of, um, you know, what stress does to, for women particularly, mm -hmm. and what can be done about that. So for me, thinking about what I want to, you know, challenge, what I want to um, share mm -hmm. is a very optimistic and proactive message about taking the science and making sure that this time next year we're feeling our very best and we hopefully have undone some of the, the carnage mm -hmm. of the pandemic on women. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear more about that, about um, you know how chronic stress can impact and sort of exacerbate the process um, of aging, um, how you've seen chronic stress manifest in your patients, and of course, what can be done um, to, to combat some of that. We know we can't, the stress will be there, 
right? The stressors are around us, and but what can we do while continuing to care for aging parents and look after children and try to do work while three other people are in Zoom school and, you know, support partners who may be struggling while we're trying to keep all of these balls in the air, um, mm -hmm. what can we do to combat some of that chronic stress? So, I mean, the first, I just carrying on from where you left off mm -hmm. is that it's not so much about changing our reality, mm -hmm. but learning to filter, cope, and adapt. So that's a good news because so much of what we're dealing with, and one of the reasons it's so stressful right now is things are out of our control. Mm -hmm. So when something seems out of our control, like if you're a farmer, the weather, right? right? These are actually considered the greatest stressors. So for all of us living through this global, you know, pandemic that we were certainly not expecting or prepared for, mm -hmm. let's say just over a year ago, um, has been very particularly stressful on top of all the other stressors. I'll just keep putting my I have tiny ears, my, my AirPods keep falling <laughs> off. So um, let me start with the science. How does it age us? And there's a lot of complex science, but I'll, I'll share one very important story. Um, Nobel Prize winning research that was actually done by a woman, Elizabeth Blackwell, who was the founder mm -hmm. of the biologic limit of our lifespan, the telomere, and all of her work. So this work on aging, the limit of our lifespan was done on chronically stressed women. These were mothers to chronically ill children. This she found to be the greatest stress, greatest stressor for women, which we know to be the case. Mm -hmm. So chronically ill child ranks number one, just above marital difficulty, marital discord, divorce. Mm -hmm. um, what we found in these women is that their telomeres, their protective caps at the end of their chromosomes were shortened, they were damaged. And with all of her research following mm -hmm. this amazing discovery, the only consistent intervention that reliably undid some of that damage, preserved, lengthened even mm -hmm. telomeres, was stress, evidence-based, stress-alleviating techniques, mm -hmm. things like mindfulness, mm -hmm. meditation, so to the next part of your question as to what do we do when our situation is stressful, mm -hmm. I think just the knowledge, what I like to share with patients, just the knowledge that it is not your reality that will do you in. Mm -hmm. And I see this all the time in my practice. I mean, let's talk before COVID with women, people with seemingly trivial issues that are completely overwhelmed and can't cope. Mm -hmm. Whereas others who have these seemingly insurmountable burdens of stressors and mm -hmm. difficulties and hardships, and they are resilient and thrive and endure. So mm -hmm. I think it's important to know, I guess, another piece of science, which is our body actually thrives under stress, some stress. Mm -hmm. Hormesis is a very important uh, physiologic concept, which means a little bit of stress makes us stronger. Think of the mouse and the mousetrap that gets out, mm -hmm. a little bit of stress makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. Whether it's heat, heat shock therapy, cold showers, exercise itself, all the benefits of exercise come because we're stressing our bodies. In fact, in the midst of our workouts, we're not healthier, we're tearing, breaking down muscle. So a little bit of stress, that powerful knowledge that stress is not our enemy, it's our brain, it's our perception, it's our ability or inability to deal, filter that mm -hmm. stress. Mm -hmm. So now already 
you are equipping yourself with a mindset of survivorship, of mm-hmm. resiliency, that regardless of what you are facing, the kids, the partner, the pandemic, a personal health challenge, your mindset is what you can focus on mm-hmm. and what will actually shape how well you can adapt and how well you are th- you will thrive on the other side of the hurdle of stress. Mm-hmm. So I use the concept of a filter that we can set our filter quite finely to sort of sift through what we choose to deal with. Because again, we, we do need to let some of these stressors in so we can make a, make an action plan. Mm-hmm. I always say, turn your problems into projects. Mm-hmm. And if it's not too much all at once, too big, too much for too long, then the more we sort of work through a challenge, come up with solutions, we have puzzles and gems that will help us to just do better with something similar or Mm -hmm. different the very next time. So I think the mindset, the filtering concept is very powerful. And I think it's also important to recognize, because I am seeing this all the time in practice. In fact, I suffer from it myself, um, the idea that not all of us are necessarily wearing our stress in emotions or anxiety. We may not feel stress. Um, so I pointed here because many of us may wear our stress in muscle tension. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm someone where I find sometimes I find myself clenching. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget uh, an article I wrote, a bunch of health tips, Pink, the singer, the famous singer, her health tip was open your mouth. And exactly just to counteract this tendency mm-hmm. of holding your face in intention. Mm-hmm. So whether it's grinding, whether it's neck tension, mm-hmm. muscle tension will be one place, a frown, mm-hmm. right? Some of these other areas where we hold muscle tension in our way of internalizing stress, Mm -hmm. this would be one common pattern, gut disturbance. In kids, the number one cause of an upset stomach, a tummy ache, is anxiety. Mm -hmm. So we learn it early. In adults, IBS, you know, that irritable bowel, Mm -hmm. constipation, diarrhea, bloating. Mm -hmm. So often this may be a manifestation of stress. Mm -hmm. And in others, we may find that we get achy, we get sore, our joints inflammation Mm -hmm. ultimately stress increases our risk of chronic disease Mm -hmm. breast cancer we know often follows a light a stressful life event Mm -hmm. as well as for women um a heart attack cardiac uh cardiac events can actually be precipitated broken heart syndrome by Mm -hmm. a severe emotional upset Mm -hmm. so i think it's very important to recognize that we have a responsibility Mm-hmm. to really hone our skills like an athlete to protect our future whether it's our future our breasts our heart but particularly our future brain mm-hmm. because we both are women in our 40s and it's our our health style mm-hmm. our lifestyle our life choices in these critical years that will shape the brain we're left with mm-hmm. yet to enjoy hopefully mm-hmm. in our 80s and chronic stress, in addition to all the things I talked about, the grinding, the muscle tension, mm-hmm. the increased risks, also erodes your cog- your brain vitality, your mm-hmm. cognitive well-being, mm-hmm. and leaves you at higher risk of things like depression and ultimately dementia. Mm-hmm. So we do have a duty for our future selves to future-proof mm-hmm. our brain and our body through these stress-relieving uh, techniques. Mm-hmm. That's really, really helpful. Um, and you know, when you talk about mindset 
and that the one of the keys is to be aware and, and to shape our mindset as a way of developing resiliency and protecting ourselves now and into the future. Um, what are some of the ways people can develop that resilient mindset or change their current mindset? So um, I think, you know, when we kind of become more self-aware, mm-hmm. um, we can really start to understand what are our sort of like the negative habits we have mm-hmm. in terms of our thinking. Um, just knowing that this is very much brain training, your stress resiliency. It's something you want to work on when you're not stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to work on it like an athlete would so that when that stressor hits you in the face, you're like an athlete ready for a competition and you're like, I got my game face on mm-hmm. and I've got you. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's important to recognize what are some of your sort of negative habits that are getting in your way some of which might be genetic. So we do know that some people genetically are worriers who are more likely to ruminate on negativity, mm-hmm. a negative situation, versus the warrior gene makeup. This is something we test for, we see in our practice, who, be, who tend to be warriors because they're they're more resilient in that they can just move on mm-hmm. from this. It, the dopamine doesn't, the serotonin and the dopamine don't sort of percolate on the brain the same way when these interaction when these situations happen mm-hmm. so the kind of things regardless uh, of where you come from that can be very helpful are practices like mindfulness being aware of what makes you feel negative what makes you feel good a meditative practice and I, I really want people to open their um, ideas around meditation I'm not someone who likes to do formal, I guess, likes, I, I don't, I've not been someone who formally meditates, but I run mm-hmm. and the Japanese call the, you know, kind of running. I do often like outdoor jogging, forest bathing. So whether mm-hmm. it's brisk walk, but the powerful influence of nature for me, that's my meditation. Mm-hmm. And so I just want people to open their eyes or their minds to what a meditative practice for them can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it must be something where your brain has space to breathe. So it means pushing the world around you away for a moment. Mm-hmm. Deep breathing is one of the most powerful anxiety relieving techniques. So maybe just if I can, I'll, I'll take you through a, a quick breathing sure. exercise that I teach. Um, and this is proven to sort of change your fight flight mode um, to really work to support um, anti-anxiety reflexes within mm-hmm. your body. The idea is that we want to take a deep inhalation mm-hmm. through our nose, okay, with your hands on your belly. And as you breathe in, your belly, so it's called belly breathing because your belly brings itself forward like a gift into your interlaced, like this hands. I know you can't see mm-hmm. my belly. Mm-hmm. That is opposite to how you would normally breathe. So mm-hmm. the belly expands with that in- inhalation as the lung capacity is increased, the diaphragm comes down. Mm -hmm. So often, especially for women, we breathe very superficially, very shallowly Mm -hmm. and uh, opposite. So really just getting that belly breathing going with an inhalation through your nose that's twice as long as how you will exhale. So you are breathing in and through your nose like you're smelling a rose and then 
releasing through an open mouth, again, open back to Pink's words, relaxes the jaw, visualizing that you're blowing out a candle. So air is going out of your mouth like you're blowing out a candle. And so in through your nose like you're smelling a rose and out through your mouth, visualizing yourself actually breathing air to blow out that candle smelling in the scent of that candle maybe it's lavender maybe it's rose or vanilla whatever you like and actually visualizing your breaths with my cues of a rose and a candle and that very slow pace of breathing so right away what we're doing we're expanding our diaphragm Mm -hmm. we shut down the fight flight we are using visualization Mm -hmm. on top of that deep breathing technique to literally shift our thoughts away from whatever it was and then that's a practice that of course you want to have ready on hand for when you need it which means you have to practice it Mm -hmm. because it is opposite to what we do in our you know regular day-to-day mm-hmm. activity with shallow breath mm-hmm. so I just mentioned four things I'll just review them so mindfulness that idea of just recognize your negative habits because mm-hmm. you can with training erase them like a skier might choose to go down a new track and replace them with positive habits your I mean mostly brain habits mm-hmm. but you know maybe maybe there are other things as well the idea of meditation opening up your mind literally and figuratively to realize it doesn't have to be in a very formal way it can be doing something that gets you out of your zone and into Mm -hmm. your brain zone the third idea was deep breathing so that uh, belly breathing technique that I just went through with you and the fourth evidence-based practice that I kind of double up I like to be efficient and we use visualization as part of that deep breathing exercise mm-hmm. so there you go there's four really great techniques that no matter where you are mm-hmm. you would have access to thank you so much those are and, and just through that brief deep breathing and visualization I just feel already huh, just that much more relaxed <clears throat> and also embodied I would say and present um, so thank you so much and so I guess you know thinking back again to the pandemic and stress and International Women's Day and this year the theme is as we were chatting about choose to challenge and I'm that can be I love that because it can mean so much and can be interpreted and embodied in different ways so I'm really curious what that theme means to you more than ever women really need to challenge all of the whether it's from within or often from you know outside in their environment all the boundaries all the limitations that are containing us mm-hmm. and you know i think back let's think before covid cuz it's sort of like we're always there and they're just cornering us in mm-hmm. into such a tight space in this last year you know and and I do think it's incredible what's been lost. I'm optimistic, but only with effort, a concerted global effort internationally amongst women can we, you know, really reclaim what had been gained and then, as we used to say, break through the barriers, you know, Mm -hmm. at one time we were talking about gender equity in just a few years from now. 
So what I would say is that, you know, let's start identifying what are those limitations, what are those barriers, and how can each of us in our daily lives, Mm -hmm. and then perhaps collectively together, try to challenge those, change the conversation. Um, I think it comes back to, like we were talking about all, you know, this conversation mindset, the idea that it is a choice not to just accept confinement, limitations and boundaries, but recognize where we can take action Mm -hmm. and challenge and reset, push forward, advance boundaries and limitations. And I do think it's, you know, I, I talked about reclaiming some of what's been lost, but it's actually probably more a redefining of what that unlocking of the glass ceiling really means for women because our future not only as women but as societies around the world it will be it will look different as we think about moving on beyond these days of lockdowns and restrictions and pandemic Mm -hmm. yes i i'm i think we're all looking forward to those days um certainly i think there's things that I hope we can carry forward from this time, Um, but there's so much work to do. So thank you so, so much for your time today. It's really been a pleasure uh, to talk with you. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I did as well. There's clearly so much to talk about and uh, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here with you and looking forward to all of the content you produce on this amazing platform that you've built. Thank you for what you do. I think it's clear there's no better time to be bringing voice to the complexity and the needs that women, particularly women in our 40s, have more than ever. So happy International Women's Day, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.